Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. It's been a little while but football's back baby and so are we. The football podcast crew are back and what an episode we have for you. It's a bumper edition, it is the first episode of the series. It's often a bumper one because we've got to get the season long predictions going. So there's all that and more to look forward to. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you might fancy, and uh, just generally get these podcasts out there in the world. Right, well, we better get going because there's plenty to cover, so here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ladies and gentlemen, the wait is over. The long, hard summer has come to an end, and we're really, really ready to get going again. For the football season, that's correct, ladies and gentlemen. The football season is upon us. It's due to start this very week. Football's back. So, let's talk about it. Let's let's get ourselves ready for the upcoming season. Some of us might be looking forward to a football season for the, for the first time in 20-something years. I think if, you, if you're Mr Moore, that, that's, that's certainly the case. Or dreading it more than you've dreaded it. Listen, we might cover it later on. The march to twelve is certainly on, and as soon as that mark, as soon as that mark gets hit, it's time to crack open a beer and celebrate. But for now, we'll dive in at the shallow end, shall we speak? And we'll just dive in at a little, a little championship level, and we'll work our way up to the creme de la creme that is the Premier League. But yes. Only two of our three teams reside in the second tier for this season. That is, of course, Mr Woodmanty's Hull City and my Middlesbrough. And we'll start with Hull City from a uh, from a, a, a sort of a, a preview perspective. Now, I've made a list of all of the ins and outs that have, uh, that have gone on at Hull. And I've done the same for Borough and the same for Forest. So we'll start with the players that have left Hull City over the summer. Uh, so this is all information taken from transfermarked.co.uk. Everyone was obviously sad to see Tom Huddleston leave the team with his insert number of appearances here last season. As the resident Hull supporter, was it? Did he even come close to bothering the sort of the the the, the sheets or anything? I, I I don't think it made double figures. So, um, put it this way, people were much less enthused this time around than they were last time he was here, so um, wasn't one of the finest signings of the last season. Mm. From my from my research, I didn't see that he joined another team, so he's either retired or he's still on the lookout. Yes, RIP to the whole career of Mr Tom Huddleston. We also have, leaving on loan to Peterborough, we've got Harvey Cartwright, um, centre back with the with one of the greatest names I've ever heard, Festus Arthur, 
has left the club on a permanent basis in you know, Halifax Town. Joining his podcast favourite from last season, George Honeyman, has left to go join Millwall. That is such a bizarre move for me. Um, George Honeyman was a, a very big part of that team. Still had a year left on his contract because they'd extended it beforehand. And obviously Paul's about to get to the, the people coming in, but I think it was more a case of he didn't like the way things were going in, in with regards to what was coming in, didn't maybe really see a future there, so kind of got out whilst he could. Yeah, I, I, it was a, like you say, it's a bit of a strange one. I thought it was a strange one, just given the fact that it's not... Obviously, sometimes location plays into the fact for a footballer, but he's from the northeast. so... Well, I, I saw... I actually... I read um, an article um, not too long after it, it, it went through, and it was saying that basically it's... The way that Hull have gone, particularly, uh, what he was meaning was, new owners come in, so you know he's after a bit of a pay rise on that extra year that he had. And they, they weren't willing to, to change the terms, they weren't willing to give him the increase, so um, he left. I mean, nothing to do, like I say, with all of the players coming in whatsoever. So. Mm. I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm sure he'll be replaced by one of the names that we'll come to later on in the list. Uh, joining Mr. Hoyman out the door is another George. Uh, George Moncur has left to join Leighton Orient. Um, Richard Smallwood, uh, a guy who was pretty much ever present, I believe, last season. I think he was the club captain at one point as well. Right. Um, he's also left to join Bradford City, in which in League Two terms is is being classed as quite the coup. To be uh, for a League Two side to be uh, to be signing a Championship player that's made appearances in the forties the previous season. Um, dare I say, cult favourite Tom Eaves has also left the building. Uh, he's gone to join Rotherham to not score goals, so that's nice for him. <laughs> Shots fired. This, it's at this point. If if I was you know in fully in charge of my own destiny, this would be where I'd be making the. If Tom Eves scores X amount of goals, I'll get a tattoo on my body. Statistics and things like that. Yeah, but I'm not stupid. Let's enough, do that. I'm not stupid let's enough do that. to make that sort of let's bet. Let's do that. So that ain't happening. I think um, if he gets double figures, Paul should grow the ponytail just like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, if if people want to see it, then obviously I'll I'll leave it up to the listeners and the viewers. <laughs> if that's what people want to see, then who am I to you know deny them what they want? Um, and last but not least, probably the biggest move, certainly out from a Hulk City perspective, is um, another podcast favourite, Keen Lewis Potter, making the move up into the Premier League with Brentford for a, a reported fee of seventeen point one million pounds. I don't think that's all up front, is it? There was there was a certain amount that was up front, and then the rest's all add-ons based on. No, no, no that that was the upfront bit. Oh. Okay. And it was up to twenty million for the adults. So um, it's one of them. Thank you very much for your service, Mr. Lewis Potter, and also for bankrolling the entire transfer business for the rest of the window. Yeah. Well, um, how do you feel? Disappointed to see him go, or the sort of money that they couldn't really afford to turn down? My thing with this has been, well, I mean, the the owners come in splashing the wallet all over the place, aren't he? So. I'm not. I'm not really sure that that was. I mean, I'm, there'll be an element of balance in the books for sure. Um, my thing is that 
the new owner has come in, clearly wants success sooner rather than later, and Keen Lewis Potter needs the time to be brought on. I very much get the impression that Hull have now changed from the team that will develop a player to the team that will just buy a player and hope the hell that he's actually good. So I'm not really sure where else he would fit in that regard. I think Brentford, for him personally, isn't a bad move on the basis that he's get, he's going to get a bit of Premier League experience. He's not gone to like a top 10 team that he's just going to sit on the bench. I think he will actually get time. Um, and who knows? I mean, he could just Jared Bowen the shit out of it. <laughs> so, I was going to say that that was going to be my comparison. That was going to be definitely going to be the case of that's who he should be looking to emulate from like a Premier League perspective. And if he if he if he is given like the chance to go straight into the first team rather than just being on the periphery, then from the games that I saw him in last season, he's certainly he certainly got enough about him to to prove himself at that level. But only time does he was very much the standout in the terms of because. He could hit the net, but for me, he was that kid that needed five chances to get one. Like that's the bit that needs tightening up, I think. But he's, he's, you know, he's got his chance to do it now. So I think, the thing, that, I think the thing that goes with that is that obviously, in in the, well, in all in all leagues, apparently there's financial fair play, and you've got to fit into that financial fair play and selling. Lewis Potter for seventeen million probably set you. <clears throat> it counterbalances what you might have spent towards like last season, and then this summer, and then possibly later in the year. So I think you know it was it was a method that Forest used previous summers. They'd sell one player for a lot of money, and then it meant that when people start going, "Oh, financial, financial fair play, financial fair yeah, we sold a player that we produced ourselves, so all that money was big, lovely profit. So, uh, you know, so I think that, you know, and <clears throat> if it means they bring in three players that can, you know, they're not all going to, they're not, they're perhaps not going to do his job, but they can do a version of something. Mm. The, the, the difficulty now for us is that the longevity doesn't last in that model because, like I said, I don't think they're going to be sat on bringing players through. So it's it's almost like picking the last of the ripe fruit of that tree sort of thing. Anybody that they that they're going to look to make money on next time around is purely going to be somebody that they've bought cheap and sold high sort of thing. Because there's not really that much left there now. I think it's always easy to say that, but you like I suppose unless unless you're a regular going to like sort of under twenty three games, under twenty one games, under seventeen games. You don't really ever know what's fully in the academy and stuff like that. And like, as far as you know, like they could have like a kid in the under seventeens who could go and score like twenty goals in ten games or something, and then just get progressed through. So I suppose you never know. You never know what's going to come through the academy. Like, Borough haven't produced a striker in 20, 30 years that's come through and like gone into the first team and like sort of like hit the ground running. They always release them before they get to that point, and then they go away somewhere else and score bagfuls of goals so it's just you never know what you've got until it's been you know released or you know sold on the cheap or whatever and stuff like that so who knows like I, I think like if 
obviously if he's come through, there's obviously something in the water at all. So the, the the next one, the next cab off the rank, so to speak, might just be there just waiting in the wings. Um, but so obviously there's seventeen there's seventeen point one million pounds burning a hole in the uh, in the owner's pocket. So he's he's decided to reinvest some of that money as follows. Uh, but following his loan spell last season, the big money purchase has gone on Alia. Oh, I'm, I'm going to absolutely butcher this. Alia Syed Manesh, I believe is his name. Alia Syed Manesh, yeah. Syed Manesh is the surname, but he, he does wear Alia on the back of his shirt. Yeah. So I think he scored once in the championship last season. I was there. A couple. I was, I was there when he scored at home. He's, yeah, so the have dropped... Apparently, this again is called a transfer uk, but apparently he's costing four point naught five million from Fenerbahce, the centre forward. So let's hope you know he can hit the ground running and replace some of the goals that they've lost from Lewis Potter. Uh, joining him from the Turkish leagues is, oh my, Dogukan Sinik, uh, a left midfielder from Antilia Sport for three point six million. Uh, Ozan Tufan, a central midfielder, for, again from Fenerbahce for 2.7 million. They've also made the free transfer signing of Jean Michel Serri from Fulham, who I believe when Fulham purchased him originally was being looked at by Barcelona, no less. Never really happened for him at Fulham, but let's see if there's a player in there that Hull can turn around. I, uh, I've, uh, I've already seen him play for Hull because I went to the, the pre season game. Against Leicester. So let's just say I hope he gets better. Oh dear. <laughs> I know it's pre. I know it's pre-season, and you can't judge. But Jesus Christ, the first goal they the whole lost four um, nil, and the first goal was basically him thinking that he had about three weeks on the ball with the turning circle of the Titanic, and then all, every single Leicester player would have had the chance to take the ball off him, and one of them did on the edge of his own eighteen-yard box. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write him off entirely, but things can only get better. Put it that way. I think he's I think he's one of these players who just need games. Like I don't think he's played much for Fulham over the last couple of seasons. So yeah, let's see what happens when he gets some regular game time. Uh, both are in the striking ranks. We've got two more strikers that have come in. We've got Oscar Estupinan, I believe is his name, a striker that's been signed from Vitoria Guimaraes in Portugal for a free transfer and Benjamin Tete centre forward signed from Yeni Malatia Sport for a free transfer I'm, I'm, I'm nailing these names lads you know I you know Andy's just banking these names for when he needs goals for next season he's just like I cannot wait until he gets a double because that there's just it's going to be a pair of Tete's nice Moving swiftly on, um, swapping one of the podcast teams for another, we have centre-back Tobias Figueiredo, fresh off his bit part in uh, the promotion of said Nottingham Forest. He's joined on a free transfer to bolster the centre-back ranks at Hull. And finally, I've got that Nathan Baxter has rejoined the club on a season-long loan from Chelsea, and I imagine will go in as the number one. Yes. That's all I had for transfer business. Yeah. That's it. That's that is everything so far, but it seems that every twenty five minutes there's an announcement at the moment. They're just going yeah. 
if they've if they've played in Turkey, are Turkish, have a sisters, dogs, carrots, bite, dog, sisters, whatever. If they if they've ever been to Turkey on holiday, if they've ever looked at Turkey in a holiday brochure, there is a chance they're signing for Hull this season. Is there a possibility even if they've eaten turkey at least once in their life, they may yeah. be a, yeah, that's a transfer tag? So, to, to go back to last season, Hull finished in 19th in the Championship. Their top scorer was the aforementioned Keen Lewis Potter with 13 goals. And George Honeyman was the top of the assists chart with five assists. So that's 18 goal involvements that they're going to have to replace straight off the bat. Putting you on the spot somewhat, Mr. Woodman C, if I had to give you the task of naming us a one to watch for the season from a whole perspective, who would that person be? Particularly from the new lot, I would I'm I'm gonna say Estupinion. I quite he, he looks he looks the part. He looks like he can hold his own and I finally want a centre forward that looks like he can take a punch and turn. And then have a shot because all of our front leading line have been big, tall, gangly, nothing to them for the last however many years. This guy, if he if he can hold his own, then there is something wrong. So I'm I'm hoping he's going to be the key to that front line this season. Very nice. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, whenever you're putting a bet on for Hull this season, your first goal scorer needs to be Estupina. So, as we like to do on the uh, on the podcast, we're going to make some predictions for the season. So, first of all, we're going to predict where we think Hull will finish in the Championship this season. Now, obviously, I'm collating the information, so I feel like it's only right that I would go first, and we'll give the man whose team it is the chance to go to finish it off and round us out. So, I believe that Hull will improve on last season. That should be the aim. I think... Playoffs might be a bit of a stretch just because there's a lot of new players to bed in. So I've got them down for best of the rest, 13th place I've gone for Hull to finish this season. Um, Mr Moore, where do you think Hull might finish this season? I've gone a little bit more optimistic. I've got visions of this season going one or two ways. If, If they hit the ground running, it could be a really good season. If it doesn't start well, I think it. I don't want to say he sounds like Uncle Fawaz, but the owner's got a touch of the Uncle Fawaz about him, and it can go wrong quickly. And you can get rid of man. You can go through managers at the rate of knots, and you can. I think, but I've gone optimistic. Hopefully, everything will kind of settle down well. Settle down well. I like I like the signing of Figueredo. I think calling him a bit part player was a bit harsh because he played a lot at the start of the season. He's played less once Steve Cook joined the team. Um, so I've gone eight. Very respectable, Mister Cook. <clears throat> um, I I have also gone eighth. I, I have high hopes for a lot. Of the teams this season. Little spoiler alert for later on. Obviously, um, get your money out, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, there's going to be a new name on the Premier League trophy. Obviously, at the end of the season. Go <laughs> then, Stu. As the resident Hull City fan, wrap it up for us. Where Where are your boys going to finish this season? Well, I am optimistic in the respect of 
they can't really finish any lower than last season, otherwise it really will be a bit of a shit show. So I'm not I'm not happy with eighth. That makes me a bit. Uh, I think they have bought heavily. They've got too much to do. I think they'll probably get off to a slow start. Matt touched on it there as well. All of these new signings that they're bringing in are fine, but the manager was crap last season, and he's. I I think he's the guy that's taking training, not the guy that's picking the team. So, I've still gone for an improvement. I can't stretch as far as 8th, but I have gone for 11th. I think 11th is that comfortable ground for the owner to feel like they've made progress and then still want to spend money next season, rather than just chuck his toys out of the pram because he hasn't got what he wants first off. Yeah, on the back of the whole thing, though, I will just introduce this at this point. The, uh, um, the brand new home kit has been purchased, although I completely forgot to wear it for the podcast. So I'm sure you'll see that again at some point in the future. It, it does look very nice. I think we, I think we went through it just on, in our little personal chat and stuff like that. In the fact that both of the whole kits for this season look particularly nice. Mm. Middlesbrough's home kit maybe left a bit to be desired. Away kit. Stunning, and then both forest kits are just nice. So, so we've done the where we think the team will finish. Now we need to see who's going to bag the goals for them. So, who do you have down as the top goal scorer for Hull? Uh, I I'll dive in with my pick. Obviously, he's had a, he's had a chance to uh, get bedded into the, uh, the the look of the league from last season. So, I have gone for Mister Syed Manesh to be the top goal scorer. I haven't put a figure on it. I'm just going to go with the fact that that's my guy. I'm going to pick to be the top goal scorer. Mr. Cook, who have you picked? I considered going the same as you, Mr. Williams, but I've uh, I've gone with Longman. Nice. Did all right last season. Did he get? I don't think he got into double figures, but he was in the high single digits, I believe, for goals. Certainly contributed. Yeah, he's more on the probably more on the assists. Sir. Side of the thought as well, Mr. Moore. I've gone for is it uh, Tete? Tete. This is. I really hope he does well this season because this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and closing it out again, resident Hull City expert, gone Stew, bagging the goals. Um, I'm going to stick stick with the guy I said before, Estupinian. Yeah, when I was when I was sort of digging around, I like even just his his like sort of his his, his thumbnail on there that transfer marked had me interested. I was like, oh yeah, he, he looks like he could be a bit of a tasty player. I'd like to see him in the flesh just to see how much of a unit he is and stuff like that. But yeah, that'll that'll do nicely. So there we go. So we, so we've got it rounded out. So we uh, we have high we have. High hopes, pretty much. We've got Hull finishing high as as high as eighth, and uh, only as low as thirteenth, which is still be top of the bottom half. So it's still you know positive. We've each picked a different top goal scorer, so we can only wait and see what happens. So we're going to move swiftly on to the team that was finishing just outside the playoffs last season, and that is my team, Middlesbrough. Um, a lot more players going out of the department than coming in currently. Um, they've been uncannily slow to get their business done. 
which has been the case over the last couple of seasons, sadly, from a, from a Borough perspective. But leaving the club on free transfers have been Neil Taylor, Lee Peltier and Sol Bamba. Obviously, Neil Warnock not, no longer being at the club means that his, uh, his boys that travel to whatever club he appears to be managing at the time no longer need to be there. Um, the, uh, the, the, biggest, the biggest sort of what could have been story, I suppose, is the release of Sammy Amiobi a year after joining the club from Nottingham Forest and playing zero minutes in the year. He was, he was contracted to the club before being unceremoniously dumped out on his arse. Uh, but yes, leaving the club without playing a, a minute in his second spell was Sammy Amiobi. So, au revoir to you, sir. Uh, leaving the club on a season-long loan are the following players. We have Hayden Coulson, who's gone to Aberdeen. Uh, Joe, Joe Lumley has left to go to Reading and take his um, poppadom wrists with him. Grant Hall has joined Rotherham on a season-long loan. And... The surprise, uh, the surprise signing of last season, Martin Piero, who joined the club from a team in Uruguay, I believe, has gone back to South America and joined Boca Juniors on a season-long loan. Never really worked out for Piero, so that was a bit of a bit of a sad one. That one. Uh, leaving on a permanent basis is Toyosi Olasanya, who's joined St Mirren on a permanent basis. Also, young defender Nathan Wood has gone to Swansea. Um, third choice goalkeeper Dejan Stianovic has joined a, a team I've never even heard of before called Jan Regensburg could be German could be Austrian let's be honest no one has a clue who they are obviously all the Jan Regensburg fans now switching off the podcast as we speak and never tuning in ever again and the biggest the biggest sale from a middle's perspective at the moment at time of recording shall I say is right back that did so well on loan at Nottingham Forest last season, Jed Spence. He hasn't rejoined Tottenham. He's taken his talents to the Champions League, or so he thinks. We'll wait and see what Mr Conte does with his team selections. But yeah, Jed Spence has joined Tottenham on a permanent basis for an initial fee which is reported by Transfer Markt as £13.23 million. Again, can rise based on appearances, certain clauses being met, but we'll wait and see. It's all based on winning trophies. So based on be that guy. Based on Conte's quotes, thirteen point two million. No way. I mean that that would be that would be the sensible thing to to take from that clause, I suppose. Coming into the club, as I said, they've been a bit quiet on the transfer front. So, so far, they've only brought in five players. Um, haven't spent a penny yet. All their business has either been freeze or season-long loans. <coughs> uh, they've signed the centre-back Dara uh, Lenehan on a free transfer from Blackburn Rovers. Uh, they've brought in two goalkeepers. They've brought in Liam Roberts from Northampton Town on a free. And the American Zach Stefan from Manchester City on a season-long loan. They've also brought in a new left wing-back in the name of Ryan Giles from Wolves on loan. In one of the pre-season games, he got three assists in one half. And um, utility man Tommy Smith has just signed today on a free transfer. He was last at Stoke City. 
So going back to last season, Middlesbrough, as I said, finished in seventh place, so one position outside of the playoffs. They were the ones to miss out on the final day of the season. The top scorer in all competitions was Matt Crooks with 11 goals, and the top assist was Isaiah Jones with eight. From the one-to-watch perspective, for this season, he signed in January of last season and only played a handful of games towards the end of the season. But I've gone for, seeing his performances in pre-season, I've gone for Riley McGree to be the one-to-watch for Borough this season. If, if he was nailed on to stay, I would say that Marcus Tavernier would be the one-to-watch. He'd be the, the most important player. He'd be the creative spark, but as of, as at time of recording, there are rumours that a bid has been accepted for him from Bournemouth. So the chances are that come the season start, he may not even be in the team. He may not even be in the squad. May not even be at the club. So I've gone for Riley McGree to be the one to watch. I think he could get a number of goals. He's been playing in that number ten role just behind the striker in pre-season. So. Normally, Wilder goes with a, a three-five-two system, but as we've gone, as we've only got two strikers on the books at the moment in uh, Josh Coburn and Duncan Watmore, I imagine the, the potential for him playing two strikers up top is unrealistic, shall we say, without dipping into the youth team and taking some uh, taking a chance on some youth players. So, I think Riley McGree could be a player that plays in that hole and links between the midfield and the forwards so could have the chance to score quite a few goals so we'll do the same as we did for Hull so obviously I'll give my prediction as to where I think Borough might finish last as they're my team so we'll dive straight in with Stu's pick for where he thinks Borough might finish this season unfortunately for you Paul I'm going to say 7th again Okay. I do have to say at this point though without stepping on toes. Maybe I should have kept this till the end, who knows. I did a little bit of uh, digging around in my research and uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but 442, respected football publication, have predicted that Middlesbrough will finish top. Who at 442 is smoking crack this early? Ah, there you go. Already ready, mate. What happened? What happened to it, dear God? <laughs> you oh, no, that's, that's that's the bag that it came in. All oh, right, that's like oh, you get the pre-season preview magazine, and you get the monthly regular magazine as well. So that's just the bag that's got the monthly regular magazine. Is that based on statistics, or is that just plucking? I I think the I think they've based it on the manager and. Potentially the two wing-backs being quite healthy from an assists perspective. Obviously, assists are only as good as the person putting them away. So, unless they can sign a striker to convert those assists, it's all a bit of a moot point. Um, Moving on, Matt, where have you got Borough to finish? I've got you going one better and finishing sixth. Very nice. Mr. Cook. I will tell you where 442 got their information from. It was after speaking to me on the phone because I have got Middlesbrough joining Matthew Moore's Nottingham Forest in the Premier League next season because they will be finishing first. Wow. There you go. 
You heard it here on the podcast first, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Cook tipping the Borough as the winners of the Championship. I'm not quite that optimistic, but I do have them going up automatically. I've got them down to finish second in a very similar position to how Chris Wilder had Sheffield United finishing when he got them promoted into the Premier League. So I think they still need to do work in the transfer market, but I think there is enough there is enough in the squad to put them into the top six and hopefully hold off the challenge of the other teams that are going to be there or thereabouts. We'll see how we go. Now then, top scorer. I'll, uh, I'll switch it around and we'll go straight in with Andy's pick for the top goal scorer. So, I had to make, I had to make a bit of a decision on this one, mostly because, as, as I'm sure you've, you've sort of alluded to there, when I looked at Middlesbrough's first team, it was like a desolate wasteland. <laughs> there was no one there. I was like, uh, uh. So I have got Mr. Watmore to be the top goal scorer for Middlesbrough. Podcast listeners from a couple of seasons ago will know that Mr. Watmore was the top goal scorer the season before last. So he has done it before. And as I said, at the time, at the time of recording, he is basically the most senior of the two strikers that are there. Uh, Stu? Uh, I've possibly then gone for the other on the basis of he seemed to have a bit of a decent spell last season a few times, so I've gone for Josh Coburn. Very nice. And Mr Moore? I've gone for Crooks. Repeating from last season, the tree getting into double figures and being the top scorer. Obviously, they, with the caveat of whoever they possibly get in on loan slash sign in the next month or so, kind of would be the kind of most likely one if if it's a quality signing. Yeah. So speaking of that caveat, um, in my box, I have put unsigned striker. Ah, boo! I have had the massive cop out. So, according to some reports today, there's, there's oh, some that, that, around that apparently Marcus Fors, who was on loan at Hull for the second portion of last season, I mean, I... had completed <laughs> a medical at the club today. Um, so he could be one of the one of the number of strikers that they've been linked with. Um, as it is a massive, as it is a massive cop out, I'll, I'll go for, I'll go for Riley McGree then. I didn't realise that um, the Falls thing was so far on because I'm assuming that they've spent the closed season installing some barn doors at the each end of the ground. Well, it's all right because they were already there, weren't they? From you know Tavernier being there from last season. So. You know who they should sign. Oh, well, we'll come to it in a minute. Get old Lewis Graben in there. Well, we are gonna we are gonna be moving on to talking about Nottingham Forest and obviously Mr. Graben is a name synonymous with both this podcast and Nottingham Forest for the last number of seasons. However, before we do that, before we make that move to talking about Nottingham Forest, we are going to take a very short break. So, but for you listeners, it'll be instantaneous. You won't even know it's there, like a magic trick. So, settle in, refresh your, refresh your drinks, and we'll see you on the other side. Recording in progress. She doesn't lie, does she? 
But yes, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, that, that break was instantaneous. Didn't even happen, let's be honest. But yes, we dive into the, shall we say, successful portion of the podcast, I suppose, now. And we, uh, we talk about the newly minted into the Premier League, Nottingham Forest. After an absence of 23 years, they are back, ladies and gentlemen. There he is, waving along. He's uh, he's looking forward to it, slash he's very, very apprehensive. But we'll come to that later on. We'll, we'll get his thoughts ahead of a momentous season in Nottingham Forest history. But not joining Nottingham Forest in the Premier League will be the following players. Released on free transfers were left-back Gaitan Bong, no bomb for the Premier League. Terrible times. Carl uh, Jenkinson. Honestly, didn't even know he was still at the club. So he's been released. Um, was, he, was he at Sheffield United? Which one, which one was it? Who was at Sheffield United and started talking a whole lot of. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. He left Forest Front. No, no. Called. Jack Robinson. Jack Robinson. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Called. Yeah. Carl Jenkinson, he'd been on loan in Australia, so that's how far Forrest wanted him. Yeah. Well, Unbelievable. It. I mean, nice work if you can get it, though, right? right. I was going to say it's not bad, although have you seen all the things in Australia that can kill you? Yeah, maybe be thinking twice about moving there. Anyway, moving swiftly on, as, as mentioned in the previous segment, podcast and Nottingham Forest favourite Lewis Graben will not be joining the club's rise to the Premier League he has been released at the end of his contract I believe he's still looking for a, still looking for a club they offered him a contract and there was a bit of to and fro I think there was an element of him wanting to them wanting him to stay on and do like coaching and stuff like that but they couldn't realistically you know they weren't going to be able to guarantee him I think he wanted regular football as well and they weren't going to be able to give him regular football so think in the end he decided but it did take a little bit longer than what it you know than, than what I thought I thought they just released him at the end of the season to be honest yeah. um, but no no club yet you never know they might turn up at either Borough or Hull if they're uh, well certainly Borough need a striker so we'll turn him down at this point um, joining the list of people leaving the club is left back Nicholas and I'm not even going to try and pronounce this I O A N N O U. I think we I think we talked about him in last season's podcast. I know. Not the I game was I play. Yeah, um, I'm assuming was brought in under the Mavronakis deal. Probably played for Olympiacos, maybe at some previous point. I used to play for Man United, and then he was oh, okay. playing for. I think he was playing for a city. I think he is Cypriot. He's from Cyprus and was playing in the Cypriot League. And then Forrest brought him back with under Lamucci, I think. And uh, it was not a good signing. It would be the kind of thing he was. Uh, I think he came in his first game. He got sent off against Luton within seconds, and then was then sent out on loan somewhere, and then came back, and it was not. Uh, not a fruitful experience, shall we say. Not, not, not the best. But he's left to go and join Como in Italy on a. On a no, I don't think it was a free transfer, but it was an undisclosed figure. Um, the aforementioned Tobias Figueredo has joined Hull on a free transfer. Um, ben, the uh, the goalkeeping hero 
of the playoff semi-final against Sheffield United, Brees Samba has left the club to join Lons in France for £4.5 million. Pounds. I'm sure he'll go down as a popular cult figure amongst Forest fans for his antics in the semi-final against Sheffield United. And just for his general uh, general all-round play, he was always a bit of a favourite of mine. I always enjoyed him when he was... He was it was a shame how that one went down, because it kind of like... I think, in all honesty, he wanted he just wanted to go back to France. He's French-speaking. I think he wanted to bring up his family in France where they felt more comfortable. But then it kind of was made to seem like he wanted more money to stay and be respected kind of thing. And I think, unfortunately, basically it was, well, I want to go, I want to go back to France. And, and obviously Forrest had been sniffing around Dean Henderson as well, um, which you know, could put people's noses out of place kind of thing. But it's a, shame, it's a shame how it started. It was nice how it finished, I think, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like he was he's potentially one of the biggest reasons as to why they're in the Premier League now. So fair play to the guys. He's, he's got his move for his like sort of like family sort of sake and sort of that. So fair play to the guy. And hopefully, I did see that someone had put on Twitter that he played a pre-season friendly and he'd already started his shit hours of week, course, like, yeah. coming out claiming a ball and just kneeing a guy in the back. <laughs> so. Leopards never change their spots. You go, Breeze, lad. You you keep doing you. You keep doing you, son. Uh, also, leaving the club on loan on a loan basis is centre-back Jonathan Panzo, who's gone to Coventry City on the season-long loan. Um, Ethan Horvath, the goalkeeper who came on for Breeze Sam in the playoff final towards the end of the game, has moved to Luton Town on a season-long loan. And slightly confusing, because this player that I'm about to mention has left the club, having... Only just signed for the club, but Brandon Aguilera, an attacking midfielder, has signed from a club, I believe, in Mexico, and then rejoined a club in Mexico on loan for the season. Um, signed for around £850,000 and then loaned straight back out, so I'm assuming he's only a youngster, maybe. I think he's an investment in the same way that Jonathan Panzer was as well. I think it's a I think we mentioned it at the kind of season ending kind of thing that the CEO or kind of the guy that runs the team is a bit of a money ball um, kind of guy. So there's this kind of, there's a, there's a side of the club that's investing in the now and then there's a side of the club that's kind of looking to invest in the future and identify. So Jonathan Panzer was one that he was brought back from somewhere in Spain I think or Portugal and then hasn't did, but was never the intention was that he wasn't going to play for the first team realistically there's a couple of players that they bought last year Ojeda or something like that um, and he's again is a young player that they're kind of developing and he'll probably go out on loan uh, it, it, before the end of the transfer window and I think this guy again is this investment in the thing and well, we'll talk about signings as well, kind of thing. Um, yeah. Get to the signing part. So, obviously, joining the club ahead of their big Premier League adventure. Um, now, you might have to help me out here, Matt, but I believe this guy could be a record buy. Yes. So, yeah. Taiwo Awaniyi. Yeah. 
Uh, centre forward signed from Union or Union Berlin for £18.45 million. Pounds. I believe he used to be on the books at Liverpool, I think. Yeah, they couldn't get him because I can't think where he's from exactly. Uh, but they couldn't get a, a work permit for him. Uh, so he went out on loan and then eventually just they, they sold him, kind of thing. Um, I think he scored like they said he scored like fifteen goals or something for Rooney and Berlin in the in the Bundesliga last season or something like that. So. Fifteen goals in the league, twenty four goals in total, I think, including like Yeah, so obviously he's been brought into obviously I'd imagine he's been brought in as a direct replacement for Graben to sort of provide um, slash the um, Keenan Davis kind of big strong striker yeah. up front. Uh, joining the record buy is uh, right back Nico Williams, who's joined from Liverpool for eighteen million pounds. Um, they've also strengthened at the back with the signing of centre back Musa Niakate from Mainz for £9 million. Um, they've obviously needed to buy a right-back, as obviously Jed Spence didn't come back to the club, so they've dropped £9 million on trois right-back Julian Bianconi. Um, they've also picked up a couple of left-backs. Uh, Omar Richards has come back to England, having left Reading, I believe, last season to join Bayern Munich. He's now rejoined uh, the English ranks with Forrest for £7.65 million. Uh, they've also picked up Harry Toffolo from Huddersfield for a reported £5.31 million. He joined in a double deal with centre midfielder Lewis O'Brien. Um, of course, we had the aforementioned Brandon Aguilera, but he's gone straight back out on loan. And then they've also signed uh, backup goalkeeper Wayne Hennessy from Burnley on a free transfer. And then arguably the two biggest deals... Um, is the season-long loan of goalkeeper Dean Henderson from Manchester United. And the transfer that will probably split, I would imagine, 50-50, the Nottingham Forest fans and just generic football fans in England across the board, is the signing of Jesse Lingard, the manic self-promoter himself, Jay Ling's, on a free, having his uh, contract at Man United having expired, I, I think we kind of have to start there, Mister Moore, with what your thoughts are on that particular signing. I, 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 I don't know. I, I've got. I've kind of. There's two. There's two sides of it, and I think the unfortunate thing is, is that, and maybe I'm kind of brandishing you with the same kind of thing, but there's a lot of old football heads at the moment that are like, oh, look at him, he's a shameless self-promoter. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, go on any Premier League footballer's Instagram. It's full of the same shit. They all do the same shit. They're all self-promoting. They're all looking. And is it is it looking for his career past football? Is it something? Whatever it is, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I, it's that kind of thing of who signed him, and I, I feel it's a very much owned. Oh, this is a very much an owner kind of driven signing. If he comes in and he fits into the team, and I think that was the key kind of thing about it. And I know I complained about it last year of that they, they, they were very much a team, but the attitude of the team at times 
didn't sit well with me. Um, and if he comes in and he and he fits into the team, and he and, and he buys into it all, and he isn't all about him on the pitch. What he does off the pitch, I can't give a shit. As long as he's not doing anything weird, then or illegal, then that's fine. But as long as he buys into the team and stuff like that, and what I presume is and what I hope is that the biggest splash signing for me was Henderson. I was really chuffed with that. And I assume because he spent some time around him, they've gone to him and said, what's the crap with this guy? Is is he worth signing? It was is was he all right at Man United last year? And rumours rumours as well. He was one of the ones that was leaking stuff from this from the uh, from the dressing room, but I don't think he was the only person dressing leaking things from that dressing room last year. And I assume that when you've invested however much money they've invested in Henderson, which will have been a loan, they will have paid for that loan, they'll be picking up, you know, and people are twisting about Lingard's wages. We don't know what we don't know what Henderson's getting paid because it's not going to be cheap, and I just think you know he bought into West Ham and West when he went to West Ham a couple of seasons ago they weren't they weren't the club that finished wherever they finished last year they were a bad side the year that he went to West Ham so you know I think they've signed. Forest have signed some players and they've let some players go on, out on loan who want to play in the World Cup. I'm hoping that he, even if even if he just plays till Christmas and we get to like thirty points, I'll be happy with that. You know, and and it means that then we just you know and then we drag our ass from Christmas to May, picking up another fourteen points to keep us up, whatever it takes. You know, if it's a one-season deal, so if he's terrible, we get out of it at the end of the season. If he's great and loves it, then he can have a bigger contract. Because in theory, if if he st- if he stay if he if we've done all right and we stay up, then you can sign more players of that quality to come into the team. So then, here's a hundred and fifteen thousand pound a week will be average for the team. Hopefully, but he's a decent player. I think Forest have gone for the splash route, but then on the flip side of that, you look at all the players that have been released and then are potentially and potentially could be released or sold in the next month or so. There was a lot of work to be done because we weren't the standout team of the league, and. There was a lot of players who played for the team, and a lot of players have left. If you look at the team that started the playoff final, half of those players aren't there. So you know, the keeper's gone. Both left back and backs and right backs have gone. Two of the centre midfield. So yeah, you're up to like five or six already. Where two, you know two of the centre midfielders have gone, um, or two of the midfielders have gone out of that kind of thing. So there, there was a lot of work to do. But yeah, Lingard. I, I don't know. I think it's it's a narrative fed by people who have made football the way it is now, Richard Keys. Um, but then don't like what it is now, and you kind of think, well, 
you made it that way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, he's he. <laughs> He's a player who's going to come with baggage. I don't think anyone's naive, like, naive enough to think that he's going to, like, you know, just change his ways and stuff like, you know, and just knuckle down and like, immediately just be, like, all about the team and stuff like that. He is who he is at the end of the day. And, like, he's, he's a player that comes with baggage. My main concern would be if he comes in and... Cooper maybe doesn't like something that he's done in training one day and decides to drop him. How is that? How is he? Is he going to be the sort of player who thinks mm, probably shouldn't have done that? Maybe need to sort of like look at what I've done and change my ways. Or if he's going to be the sort of person who gets the ump, goes meg, mega sulk and just makes it a horrible sort of environment to be in. I don't think I, he will. I, and and I would suggest that if if he was indeed the person that was leaking stuff from Man United. He has been in that exact scenario in the sense of when Ronaldo went back to United, that place has been toxic ever since because that's the one player in that position who who expects the team to be built around him. Lingard in his right mind can't go into another dressing room and expect that player to be him and expect a different result. Like I, I, I think that... <laughs> It's a it, it's a difficult. We had that as Matt said, he had that good stretch when he when he went to uh, West Ham, and then he never really got another look in. But yet, then every time that he was picked up for England, I don't think he did he did that badly there either. So I, I, think, he's I think he's he's got that year deal. He's got absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. So. Why not? He's got to have a long, hard look at himself. You can't, you can't walk into Forest and, like I said, be, be Billy Big Bollocks when United didn't want you anymore. United didn't want you anymore, and out of what the other nineteen clubs that are in the Premier League, only two other clubs wanted him. One was West Ham that were willing to pay him, and the other was Forest that were. I love that though. Though on the day that on the day that he was signed for Forest, it was all over Sky Sports News with the comments from West Ham that they were um, quietly confident that the signing would be completed later that day. And then the next thing is he's on screen in a Forest shirt. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> awkward. Whoopsie <laughs> daisy. Listen, at the end of the day, all, all transfers come with a risk factor to them. Like, like, well, we shouldn't well, should be naive to think that they don't. So. I mean, if he is a complete jerk, it's a one-year deal, and you just either go, right, mate, just go, can't be bothered with you, or you'll loan him out in January. Yeah, I was going to say, like like you say, a one-year deal, it's not as if they can't just eat the money and just say, just just go, just leave. And Yeah, like you say, oh, they're just like... Bomb him out to Olympiacos for half a season. Yeah, or that's like it. That. Yeah, that's it. You just go. Yeah, that's, um, that's the thing. That's the thing. They, they, what people don't always perhaps think about is they do have a parent club or a sister club or an associated club that can conveniently take on his wages and no doubt all of his wages. Can you know? And if yeah, I presume Olympiacos are in the Champions League slash Euro, uh, you know, Europa League. You know they can send him out there and they can pick up his wages and he can play European football for exactly. So looking back at last season, obviously Forest finished fourth in the league, 
Um, and then obviously managed to get promoted through the playoffs. A game that myself and Matt just happened to be at, which was lovely. Uh, their top scorer in all competitions was Brennan Johnson with 19. He was also a trio of players to make 10 assists for the club. It was him, uh, Philip Zinkenegel and Joe Garner. The latter two of which have obviously left the club after their loan spells have expired. So, same question that I asked for Stu with regard to a one to watch. If you were put on the spot, who would be your one to watch for the season from a Forest perspective? And is it maybe the guy we've just spent the last sort of five or ten minutes talking about? No, I've gone with with the uh, I I uh, Awanini. Uh, um, I've gone with him. Um, kind of looking at it and like seeing because Forrest played against Union Berlin um, at, at the weekend and he is adored by those fans they absolutely love him and like reading some of the reports some of the Forest fans like oh man his first touch ain't good and this you know this that and the other and you kind of think well how long does it you know they've not been they've only been at pre-season training for two weeks or two or three weeks so it takes a little while for him to settle in and stuff like that. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him. If, if he's anything like Keenan Davis, I, I'm ha- I'd be happy with that kind of thing. That kind, you know, and to score 15 goals in the in the Bundesliga for a team that's not like top top kind of thing is is a decent record. And apparently, Liverpool would disappointed when he left they were they didn't really want him to go but it was just an unfortunate kind of thing with work permits and stuff like that so just yeah i'm kind of hopefully for 17 and a half million you get yourself a decent, yeah. a decent striker listen if he, if he comes in and gets double figures he's done his job aren't he really yeah that's 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 the bare minimum that forest are going to be looking for him. get get us 10 goals and we'll go from there so the all-important question, where do we think Forrest are going to finish? We'll flip it around a little bit. Andy, where do you think we might see Nottingham Forest come the end of the season? So, as we know, uh, it, 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 is it a homer? You know, I, I love I love all of our teams. I always want them to do well and I project that forward. Um, I know that it would be natural to do the. Uh, I don't think Forest will, will will see a second season in the Premier League and things like that. But no, no. I am going to say this. I'm going to say that I think Nottingham Forest are going to absolutely charge through the Premier League, and they will be finishing sixth in the, in this season. Wow. I'm I'm not gonna put this too lightly, Andy, but you need to you need to get the odds on that. And you need to be putting a large slice of cake on that particular prediction. Because if that all over in, it. you'd, all you'd over be it. sitting on a you'd be sitting on a princely sum of cash there. Um I sadly am not that optimistic. Promoted sides find it tough enough as it is to come up when Borough got promoted they made the mistake of buying a boatload of players pretty much changing the entire first team and it just didn't work and they obviously finished 19th and were relegated 
I think Forest will go a little bit better than that, but I have got them to finish 18th, certainly. I think they'll just fall short, um, and unfortunately, I think they will come back down again. Stu? I am more optimistic than Paul in that regard. Um, I think some of the teams that have gone up via the playoffs, weirdly, are the ones that tend to stick around, at least for an extra season. So, on this occasion, I have a feeling from personal experience that they almost need to do what Hull did the first time around and have an absolute stormer until Christmas and then just see what happens from there. Um, So I've got them finishing 14th. Very nice. So it all boils down to the main man himself, the Forest supporter. What does he think? Is he going to be putting on his negative cap or is he going to be putting on his positivity pants? (laughs) A positivity ridden perspective for this season I've gone for the I've gone I've gone I, I want to say middle ground I've got I've said 16th because if we finish 16th I'll be happy you know, if we finish 17th I'll be happy um, that for me is always the aim basically newly promoted club if you're offered 17th and you survive by goal difference on the last day take it immediately that's I all that matters stay in the league build for <laughs> next season but the dangerous thing, the dangerous thing is, is that it's a similar kind of thing with the whole uh, kind of thing. Is that the owner has wild ideas, and I think that jump from from the championship to the Premier League is a big jump. They've invested heavily in the team, and you know. So I think someone said, "Oh, you know, look at like not not yourself, not yourself, it's on, it's on the television." Oh, Fulham, Fulham bought like hundred million pounds worth of players. I'm like, yeah, but I went back and looked at that list of players. Dear God, some of them were terrible, terrible players. And like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that all the players that Forrester bought are going to be brilliant. But I trust the process better at Forest than than I do at Fulham because we know what the guy that runs that team does he throws money at it's it's also not like they're not huge gambles for me from like a monetary perspective only the top two like the the striker from Union Berlin and Nico Williams from Liverpool are in double figures in terms of like money spent so they're like nine million pounds for a player in the Premier League it's like that's like low end what you're paying these days so like it's not there's never, there's never been a the only, the only two players where I thought, how's that gonna go? Is the Italian guy Biacone? Is it the Biacone, the right back, and the the uh, guy from that we signed for signed from Mainz? Mainz. Do 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 do. Musa Niacate. Those, t- those are the two where I was like, all right. Uh, what what standard are we looking at here kind of thing in terms of the whereas everybody else, you know, I think the striker, the the guy from 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 uh, Union Berlin, you know, seventeen and a half million is not a massive amount on a striker, should be alright. Nico Williams is a is not a proven player, but he's a well respected player that people talk about. The two guys from Huddersfield, as much as I slandered them all over this uh, this year podcast um at the end of last season, 
the decent players. Toffolo, whenever he got the ball, you were like, I'm not sure about this. And I, I, there's, they've bought players where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm all right with that. Um, as opposed to, where's he from again? Where'd they sign that one from? Or, you know, like the... You know the aging player that you can't. You kind of looked at and thought, "Christ!" You, th- you get all excited. You have Finidi George. That was the word, the one I was thinking when Ipswich signed him when they got signed when they got promoted, and he played his first match. And everyone was like, "Oh my God, it's amazing!" And then he never did anything again. Then they went down. I think, and I think there's an element of either they're good players that might keep us up, or if we do go down, they'll be good players. All. Absolutely boss it in the champion in championship the season after, and sometimes you've got to do that. Um, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. But if they finish sixteenth, I'll be happy. In case anybody's no. wondering, uh, Nottingham Forest to finish in the top half, seven to one. Is that it? Wow. They, ever since they got rinsed with the Leicester thing, they do not like putting out big big night numbers for certain bets. Uh, I think this is clearly the Jalings effect. <laughs> well, well, potentially speaking of Jalings, the last thing we've got to do from a Nottingham Forest specific prediction is to pick who we think might be the top scorer for Nottingham Forest this season. Now, obviously, he got 19 goals last season. Granted, it was at a lower league level, but he's a young player. I think he'll get better. So I've just gone straight back in again with Brennan Johnson as the top goal scorer for me. Um, I saw a little bit of what looked like agreement from Mr. Woodmancy and potentially Mr. Cook. Um, so am I writing the same name in both those boxes there, gentlemen? For me, please. I agree with him. Ben. Yep. So Andy's straight in with Brennan Johnson as well. Stu? Yep. Yeah, I agree with exactly what you said. I think he's got that sort of hunger about him as well, being a young guy, to, to kick it up a gear. Obviously, going to the World Cup as well with Wales in the in the winter, so you'd like to think that he'd probably want to get a nice run of games under his belt and nice sort of lead into the tournament so he can, you know, in his head, so he can smash a couple past England and stuff like that in the uh, year. <laughs> uh, so, Mr Moore, take us home. Last prediction for this particular section. Who is Nottingham Forest's top goal scorer this season going to be? I've also gone Brennan Johnson as well. Clean sweep! So, we're either all going to be chilling out this time... Well, i say this time next season. We're either going to be chilling out in May thinking, oh, look at that lovely, delicious point with Brennan Johnson having scored 85 goals this season. Well, as, as, as Forest romp to the title. Um... So there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is our early season predictions for the teams in question that we support. However, we're not done there. We will be doing some season-long predictions for the Premier League as a whole and the Championship. And then obviously, it's what you all came for. It's it's the week-on-week predictions. That will be the last thing we talk about this particular week. But what we're going to do at this particular moment is... I feel the need to refresh myself. So I think it's probably best if we take another short break and then journey back and we'll have a look into 
nine, ten months down the line, and we'll see who we think are going to finish in the in the respective place in the Premier League, and who might be joining, possibly possibly both of our teams in the Championship next season. But for now, we'll take that small break. Recording in progress. Again, she is not wrong. So, we've done our build-up for each individual club that we support this season. So, we'll go for the divisions that the clubs are in and we'll give some season-long predictions for that. So, um, nice and easy to start off with. Who's going to win the Premier League, boys? Um, I've put my pick in. I think this might be the same across the board, but... Do I have anyone who wants to raise their hand for Liverpool? Do I have anyone who wants to raise their hand for Chelsea? So Man City then, yeah? Manchester City, please. Correct. Yeah, thought that would be the case. Nice and simple. I mean, Liverpool could have all the best players in the world and I still wouldn't pick them, so... (laughs) (laughs) Is the uh, correct answer. That thing when uh, when obviously there was the the COVID break and then it was a case of they might have to cancel the season and everyone was just like, oh please, please, please do it. Uh, yeah, but they've still they've still not won it in front of fans, have they? Since you know forever. So it's a very good point, Stuart. So um, the remaining three teams to finish in the top four in order. I have gone for Liverpool, Spurs. And Arsenal. Same for me. <clears throat> any any differences there, Sam? And, and uh, Matt's gone the same as me, in that order. In the same order. I, I put spuds, because, you know, that's what they really should be called. <laughs> Andy? Liverpool. United. Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea. Uh, I'm assuming that United's West Ham United, yeah? Uh, it, 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 no, it's the other, the other one. If you just said one, Newcastle, Matt was going to have you. The, the, <laughs> the, the other one we don't talk about. Stu, round us off, please. I have got uh, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea. Very nice. So, which three teams do we think will go down? So, obviously, as as alluded to in my previous predictions, I did have Forest to finish 18th. The two clubs that I have got to join them in coming back down to the Championship is Bournemouth in 20th, and I'm also going for Brentford to finish in 19th position. Stu, who's your three? Bournemouth. Leeds Fulham Fulham he obviously doesn't think they'll have uh, learned from their mistakes from the last two possibly three seasons they've been in the Premier League Uh, Mr Moore I've gone Bournemouth bottom which is all going to it's blatantly going to come back and bite us on the arse this one more than likely Brentford and Southampton. Ooh. I did contemplate Southampton, but then they started with a couple of signings that looked half decent. So. It's 
Southampton, Everton or Leeds was my three to go in that spot. But I also contemplated Southampton because they were under the... a bit of pressure at the end of last season. And But I, I think to that end, it'll probably start that way and they'll get a change of manager early doors. I would be thinking that he would be high on that list of first managerial sackings this season. Yeah. Potentially. Go on then, Andrew. Finish us off. Now, then, this might be where I got this one wrong because when I went to do the uh, championship, I was like, oh, I might have selected the wrong thing. So, you might have to bear with me on this one. Burnley? In the championship. Fuck. Brighton? Yeah. Where they got them finishing? So, uh, change Burnley for Southampton. Are they finishing bottom? Uh, no. Third from bottom. Southampton, 18th. Brighton. 19th. Then bottom. Come on. You know, is, you is know. It, is it Bournemouth? It's not. Oh, no, I know. You know. Is it Leeds? Fucking Leeds. Fuck Leeds. <laughs> Get down where you fucking belong. In the bin. I don't mean the championship is the bin. I just mean Leeds. Take your entire city and fuck off. <laughs> what, whatever are they going to do now that Calvin Phillips has left? Burn. Um, be set on fire by about Because he's going to play at Man City. <laughs> right then so last thing to do from the Premier League perspective is the top goal scorer probably an easy pick I've gone for Haaland Matt agrees with Alf Inge Haaland at about 52 to come in and score shitloads of goals uh, Andy who have you gone for the top goal scorer in the Premier League Again, I may have got this wrong, but I, I have put down Mohamed Salah. It's a, it's, it's a solid pick. I, I, I double googled, I double googled on that one to make sure that he was still, you know, playing, so, and, and I look for current player, and and, and, and I, tried, I, believe, I tried my best. I believe he's just signed a new contract extension. So, finishing us off for the Premier League, Mister Woodmansey. Uh, so we've got two Man City predictions in the same player but we also have two Liverpool predictions in different players because I'm going for their new boy Nunes he's obviously not put off by that that, that performance he had against Man United although he did that and then the next game I think he's called four so let's let's just temper those expectations a little bit right then so we've done the Premier League now it's time to get to the, the real league that everyone really cares about. Let, let's let's be honest. So, Stu, who is winning the championship? As much as this pains me to say this, it's that time again. Norwich. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. That's why I've gone with it. So Matt's also gone for Norwich. Yeah, boring. And we don't even need to check with Mr. Cook, as we know from earlier in the podcast who he's picked to win the league. Don't we, lads? The mighty, <laughs> mighty Borough. 
You love to you love to see it. I love to, to see, see it. I'll be there. Obviously, as discussed, I haven't been as optimistic as Mr. Cook. I've gone for the team that just missed, well, not just missed out last season because uh, they didn't get to the Championship playoff final. I've gone for Sheffield United to sort of carry on where they left off last season. I know they've lost Morgan Gibbs-White from their ranks, but I think with a couple of shrewd bits of business and keeping Berg, they might, they might just have enough just to sort of push on and finish top of the tree. Uh, obviously, I've gone for Borough to be the runners-up in the league. Uh, Stu? Sheffield United. Nice. Matt? I've gone for West Branch Albion. Ooh, interesting. Uh, Mr Cook? Again, hoping that I've done this one right, uh, my runner-up is Luton Town. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> That is a left field pick, that. But got in the championship playoffs last season. There's no reason why they can't kick on and do one better. Okay, so, playoff winner. We'll stick with Mr. Cook for this one. Playoff winner, I have Huddersfield. Interesting, he thinks they will go one better this time. Mr. Moore. Sheffield United. Sheffield United. And Mr. Woodmansey. The playoffs. I, I, I thought it. No offence, Matt. The playoffs always throw up them random teams, don't they, occasionally. So I've gone for Swansea. Interesting. I mean, they finished last season pretty well. Mm. They've kept arguing with their two most important players. Impiro and Martin. Um, I was going to say Obafemi oh, oh, Martins. No, it's <laughs> Obafemi. But I mean, to be fair, Obafemi Martins could be 50, he could be 20. No one would fucking know because he just docked to his birth certificate again, like apparently he did way back. Um, for the playoff winner for myself, I've gone for West Bromwich Albion. Uh, so that's the top of the table. We just need to, uh, to, to to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff and uh, sort out the three teams going down. So, in 20th position, 20th, 24th position, I've gone for Reading or Reading, uh-huh. as they're more commonly known. They're just in all sorts of shit, to be honest with you. Um, joining them in 23rd, I've gone for Birmingham City. Again, all sorts of, sort of chaos going on there. Not really sure what the manager's doing. New owners. Spells disaster for me. Uh, and the third team I've gone to go down is Blackpool. They've just had to, uh, they've just had to replace their manager. It's not looking very good for them. Um, any opinions, boys? Uh, I have the exact same three on my sheet. So I, have, I have nearly the exact same three. Is yours in the same order? Mine, technically, the um, Reading and Birmingham were the other way around, but it's the same three. So Birmingham to finish bottom? Yeah. Again, they're another club that's in all kinds of weird situation, aren't they? And then Blackpool to finish as the best of the worst. Uh, go on, Mr Cook, what have you got? Who's, who's finishing bottom? Reading. 
Birmingham and Cardiff. Ooh. Cardiff's an interesting one because they're sort of one of those ones that could, they're like right on that knife edge of could be shit, could have one of those like, there's always one team that has like a really like barnstorming season but they've signed an awful lot of players and they need to gel quick if they're going to go up. Whereas if they don't, if they all just sort of like shit the bed and can't play with each other, then it could be a long season. So I can see where you're going with that. Uh, Mr. Moore? I am completely different to you guys. Well, I mean, top one. I've got Rotherham. Orton? Yeah. I mean, they're all the Norwich of the Championship, aren't they? <laughs> <clears throat> but Tom Eaves has gone there, Matt. What are you doing? Yeah, Tom Eaves has gone there and he's going to score, you know, half a I wrote this down without knowing that. <laughs> or you wait till you've got that point of view, William. Or I wrote this down 100% knowing that. Uh, <laughs> um, Rotherham, Wigan and Blackpool. Yeah. I did contemplate both Wigan and Rotherham and then I was like, Surely Rotherham have got to get it right at some point. And if they don't get it right this season, like, Reading are so... They're a complete sort of, like, basket case, aren't they? Birmingham... I don't even know if they know what's going on at the minute. And then God knows what's going to happen with Blackpool. Um, so the last thing from a season-long predictions perspective is who you think will be the top scorer in the division. I've got in nice and early with Carlin Grant of West Bromwich Albion. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Timu Pookie. Apparently wants to leave. Well, as long as he goes to a championship club, my pick is still valid. <laughs> I like it. It's like an Adam Armstrong kind of thing. I'm not, that's not my pick. Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale. I think that's a cheeky little pick-up for Stoke, that. Yeah, but he's gone to Stoke. Do you not feel a bit dirty saying that? If it gets me points, Sam. <sighs> Finishing us off, Mr Cook, once again. Again, I tried very hard and I've come up with Andreas Wiseman. Andy Weiman of Bristol City. He's, he's gone with his boys. He's, he's, he's picked his own team for the top scorer. What a sensible boy. Say, one, of my, one of my own team players. How how the whole side Tete and they didn't. I am very disappointed. Bristol Tete. <laughs> Speaking of both Hull and Bristol City, brings us to everyone's favourite part of the game. I have absolutely no doubt it is, of course, the week on week predictions. So diving into the first of what will be many. Many predictions. Hull City versus Bristol City. Opening game of the season. Three o'clock, Saturday, the 30th of July. Mr Moore, what have you got? One all draw. One one draw. Your Hull City goal scorer, please. Tete! <laughs> And your Bristol Tete goal scorer, please. I mean, I completely unintentional, but Bell. 
Perfect. You love to see it. Mr. Cook. So, I uh, I took a suggestion. I believe it might have even been from yourself, Mr. Williams. I took a suggestion. Uh, just to start things off, you know, get those points in early. So, I've gone with 1-0 uh, to Hull with Longman to score. Ah. I dare say at least one of us in the room would absolutely snap your hand off for that particular scoreline. I've gone optimistically for a 2-1 Hull City win with what will affectionately be, for the re- for the rest of the season, be known as the podcast boys, Syed Manesh and Estupinan to get the goals for Hull and to score what will obviously, from Andy's perspective, be the, the first of many championship goals this season. Who knows Mr. it? Mr. Andreas Vyman. It's only up to the whole city man himself to uh, bring us bring us round nicely, fully, for the end of this particular week's prediction. Well, you only stood on five of my toes as opposed to all ten of them. Um, so I have gone for 2-0 to Hull and the same goal scorer as you picked. That is one of the two games in question. Normally, there would be a cup game in the first week. But for some reason, there isn't this season. So, the only other game that is to be predicted is Middlesbrough versus West Bromwich Albion in the 5.30 late kickoff. My prediction is already in the book, but as it's, as it's my team, I will go last. Mr. Woodmancy, what have you got? 1-1. One, one. Okay. I think both teams have got a difficult opening game, but I favour ours over yours, put it that way. Um, so, I've gone for Crooks to score for the Borough. Getting uh, Matt's prediction off to, a, off to a flyer. And, I mean, make your own joke, but I've, I've picked Dyke. DK. Dyke. It's definitely Dyke. It's all this Nike stuff now. I'm, I'm interested to see this guy because I never actually saw him when he was at Barnsley. And in my head, he's going to be absolutely huge. Well, if he's called DK, then he's built like Donkey Kong, then you've got that absolutely right. But he's definitely called Dyke. It says mm. Dyke. Mr. Moore. Apologies, but obviously I've got to go with my predictions. I've gone for a 2-1 West Bromwich Albion win. Got my guy Crooks scoring, scoring for Borough. Got to get them, you know, God knows how many goals this season. Oh, yeah. And then Wallace and Swift. Um, the two new boys for the, yes. for the baggies. Cracking bit of business getting both of those players to be fair. That was yeah, yeah, that... I mean, obviously, I've got them. I've got them finishing in the playoffs, but if them two hit the ground running, they they could get double figures each, and then double figures in assists. Then, so 
that and then your striker, the striker that you picked looks really good as well. So, uh, Mr. Cook. Uh, very much like my prediction for the Hull game, I've gone with a 1-0 to Middlesbrough uh, with what more to score? Try, I'm trying something new this season. Lovely stuff. There was um, a couple of seasons ago on, on Talk Sport, I believe, they did a, like a predictions game for all of the presenters. And rather than just sort of go through each game individually... Apparently, Adrian Durham just put one nil home win for every game for the season and just sent it in. So, he probably ended up winning, let's be honest. So, to round out the predictions, as it is my team, I have also gone for a 1-1 draw. I've gone for McGree to score for Borough and Carlin Grant to score for West Brom. The pen click indicates... The end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for sticking with us for what, granted, has been an extended podcast, but obviously it is the first of many this season, so apologies at the length, but you get what you pay for at the end of the day, I suppose. So. This length was free, is what it's telling you. So. Never apologize. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Many thanks to these three gentlemen for joining me in uh, bringing you some delicious football-based nonsense. Like I, said, like I said at the top, it's been a little bit of a break, but we're ready and roaring to dive straight back in. Obviously, Mr Moore's got an, an extra week's break on top of it because his team was actually decent last season and managed to get themselves up. But nah, nah, it's just lazy, man. Get it started. Come on, get kicked off. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Bollocks to him. Bollocks <laughs> to him, basically. But we've got eight less games to play and... You know, and as well, though, like let, let's be fair to Matt's team. It's not like they didn't finish about four weeks after everybody else as well with all the playoff shenanigans. So. <laughs> I was like, this talk of this. Oh, football's been gone for ages. I'm thinking it's only six weeks ago, wasn't it? <laughs> it's been the longest six weeks ever, though. Certainly has. But yes, that'll do us for this first week, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, like, like, share, subscribe, all that sort of nonsense. You know. Hit us up. Tell your mates. You might have some Middlesbrough fans that are friends. Hull fans. Northern Forest fans. Just generic football fans. They might get a kick out of this. They might think, that guy talks an awful lot of shit. Never gets any predictions right. Let's just laugh at him on the internet. I mean, it's, it's all it's all there in good. It's all there in good jest in it. So, yes, hope you enjoy. And best of luck to all your teams for the coming season. Up the borough. So there you go, what do you think to that? A bumper edition of the football podcast to get the season kicked off. Thank you for listening along. Do share this about. Do like, share, subscribe and comment. Get this podcast out there. Drop any reviews that you might want to drop. And if you're around the internet, you could drop into the website, thecookiegas.com. There we've got social media links and an email button. You can get in touch with us. Tell us what your season-long prediction is. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.